time for our second hour roundtable on America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. More talking truth about America. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Happy New Year's Eve. Okay, folks, I'm on the New Year's resolutions for 2018 for patriots and politicians, at least on the conservative side. I don't think the libs are going to listen to my, probably not going to listen to my resolutions. Okay. But I want to talk about in this short segment um, just the idea about as a New Year's resolution to recommit to the idea of the sovereignty of the United States of America. That is a fundamental part of being a country, of having a national identity, of being a no, not just some random place on, in a, on the planet, but the sovereignty means the notion that within the borders of your country, you make your laws and your policies. And it was another thing that got Donald Trump elected was, you know, and he, he didn't put it in, you know, eloquent constitutional terms. He just said in plain English, we need to stop humoring that we, don't, we need to stop letting the U.N. decide our policy. We need to stop letting international organizations decide what we can and can't do. We need to stop letting trade agreements that fail to take account of America's what is right for America. We need to stop just surrendering to those trade policies. We can do things that are better for America. On the idea of sovereignty, I thought I thought was one of the most profound things that was being discussed, and it still is. The right role of a group like the United Nations, it certainly provides a means to communicate. You can all sit in, you know, the big United Nations uh, meeting room in Washington, and I mean in New York, excuse me. You can all be in that Um, room together and see people from other countries and you can hear each other speak. But the notion of American sovereignty, that American government makes decisions for American people, is tied directly to the idea of America, tied directly to the promise of our founding, which is we, the people, create our government. We, the people, hold the power and the rights Rights from God, we hold the power, we shape this country, and so we the people choose our government. And if that government capitulates its responsibility, if it surrenders responsibility and agrees with the UN or any other international group without at least following the guidelines in our Constitution, we're surrendering not just our sovereignty, we're surrendering our right as citizens to, to be we the people, what our country was founded on. Specific examples, you know, we had the most egregious among many, many egregious things under President Obama was the uh, Iranian deal. The deal that President Obama struck with Iran, which essentially gave Iran not just billions with a B, 350 or $150 billion plus uh, the deal that was allegedly made to stop Iran from developing nuclear weapons, which even nuclear experts and military experts at the time were saying, this is doing exactly the opposite. This is enabling their development. We have inspection provisions that do not permit inspectors to go to the main places where the Iranians will be building nuclear weapons. Well, that Iranian deal was President Obama signed on to it without following the Constitution, without following the Constitution that says to make a treaty, you have to go through the Senate, the, the United States Senate, the people who sit in the Senate because we elected them to go there. So this 
This whole Iranian deal is a great example of surrendering our sovereignty, surrendering our, uh, you know, our country's protection, our rights to not just to Obama, but essentially to the U.N., to the group of countries that negotiated. We surrendered a bit of sovereignty. We need to claim that back. The notion and the idea that we're not going to follow that deal because it was not struck consistent with our laws is a notion of reasserting sovereignty and our system of government. Under the Constitution, Obama couldn't do that because he didn't have the consent of the Senate, and we're not bound by that. Similarly, the Paris Climate Treaty, another thing which President Obama realized that the Senate would never approve, so he just entered the climate deal. Now, President Trump has gotten us out of that. That's a really good thing. There have been other statements by our ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, indicating that there's going to be more assertion by President Trump that we Americans are reasserting ourselves, our right to be the governor of our people. And we don't just surrender to whatever it is that the um, left has come up with. We do not just surrender to uh, leftist policies, but we actually assert what's best for America. A great example and a huge thing that was great in the U.N. just last week was, or a couple weeks ago, uh, was when uh, Nikki Haley has basically said America is going to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. We're putting our embassy there because that is what the Israelis, that's who Israel says is their capital. They say it's Jerusalem, so we're honoring that. We've had many, because of the bullying of many anti-Semitic countries and just simply Arab Muslim haters of Israel, haters of Jewish people, have bullied America in the past. And this was a reassertion again of American sovereignty. It was the idea that we Americans, President Trump, our duly elected president, we decide which we honor in Israel. And we had we had Nikki Haley standing up in the U.N. not just saying, you know, this is what we'd like you to agree with, but just saying we're taking names if you're not on board with the idea that we can pick our who we are recognizing as our sovereign. So this is another example of New Year's resolution for America. Keep right on asserting American sovereignty. Be right back. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. 
The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties. And in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. All right, tuning back in to our New Year's resolutions for patriots and politicians. This is Debbie George S., America Can We Talk? So my resolution, my next resolution is we need to commit in America to speak more bluntly, openly, and firmly, rejecting socialism as having no place in America, calling out the evil of socialism, labeling things that really are socialist ideas that the liberals have, have just wormed into our economic and political culture. We need to more, be more direct, pronounced, and absolute about denouncing socialism in this country. And I'll just tell you, you know, we, I mentioned to you before how um, it is just a, uh, an astonishing thing that we end up in our country having people who think that they are, that they are somehow informed or more enlightened, that they're better than America, they're better than the American system. They know more than all the Americans who stand up for capitalism and free markets because they're really enlightened, therefore they're socialists. Millennials, I know that there are all sorts of data on this subject and there are different studies, but Millennials, many of them think socialism or 
espousing socialism makes them, it increases their kind of intellectual creds or their coolness creds or something idiotic. They think it's actually um, somehow an indication of their understanding or something. And I want to just um, uh, tell you a couple of th- numerous things about this and the, the importance in America of having this as one of our um, as, as one of our New Year's resolutions for America. One is just a quick uh, recap on millennials. Something like 44% of millennials polled, and that was this year, November 2017, 44% of millennials polled would prefer to live in a socialist country. 44%. 7% saying the same about communism. 7% of these goofballs said you know, they would prefer to learn to communism, and, and 42% said they would choose a capitalistic country like America. So more preferred socialism than capitalism. This is uh, not a good thing. But I, I want to um, mention a couple of things about that. You think that, I mean, that poll sounds so crazy, but literally when you look at the uh, political affiliation of college pre- uh, professors, and I'm not just talking about, you know, one random way out there, left-wing college. I'm talking about many colleges around this country Political science professors are proudly at least anti-capitalist. They're proudly radical left Democrats, if not just socialists. And frankly, the line has been completely blurred between today's American Democrat Party in Washington and socialism. Bernie Sanders is just the one person honest enough to say it. But really, the, Ameri- the Democrat Party has become, in America, very socialist. One other thing to share about this um, that's just really important, I mean, just tells you the picture of it. So there's this BuzzFeed um, website, you may go there, a BuzzFeed editor actually wrote a tweet in which she said, all I want for Christmas is full communism now. You should see her innocent little face. I mean, she looks a little bit moronic, but I mean, she's an innocent little face. She's a science editor, and she actually put that out there. She tweeted editor Kelly Oaks, uh, and then she eventually took down her account uh, because she was being criticized so much for it. But the reason I, I say this has to be one of the New Year's resolutions for serious conservatives is because we are becoming increasingly surrounded by left-wing media, by people in America who in one way or another are, are agreeing with, if not actual socialism, they're, they're just in a in the most sickening way, you know, spreading that like a snake slithering into the American conscience, slithering in ideas underlying socialism and trying to make them sound American. And they are not American. Okay, here's just one good example. I mean, and I'm, we're going to go through a bunch of these because we have to be firm in this country. I want more politicians and people in Congress saying we reject socialism. It is no place in America. But I'll tell you, it, we've talked many times in this show, if you're a listener, you know, we've talked about Venezuela, the South American country that is still a, um, has the largest known oil reserves in the world. Oil. The reason that all these whack job Middle Eastern countries are so wealthy is oil. So Venezuela, largest oil known oil reserves in the world, and the New York Times dedicated a lengthy, excellent, detailed story on what is happening in Venezuela, which is mass starvation. Mass starvation. 
economic catastrophe. Common things like baby formula, not available anywhere, cannot be found. And it goes on and on and on. And guess what New York Times never puts in the article? Socialism. It fails to mention that Venezuela is in this predicament because of socialism, because of the policies that the Democrat Party in America today is pushing. We have to be connecting those dots for the young people because the New York Times, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times, the Mass, CNBC, and MSNBC, and CNN, and ABC, and MC, they will never do it for us. It's going to take conservative talk show hosts, hopefully conservative politicians, connecting these dots. Venezuela is poor for the reason that they push policies which are exactly what the Democrat Party in America pushes, which is always give us more of your money, give us control over more and more of your life. Don't worry. We'll make everything fair. We'll make you rich. We will make everything fair. We will not. We will take away money from those greedy, evil, rich people. By the way, the ones who do all the donating in the world, all the charitable contributing in the world, those people, that's who the Democrats target. And it's really important to understand this. Because this, when young people grow up and go to high schools, which are failing to teach the basic economic goodness of freedom and capitalism, then they go to colleges and they're learning from their professors that who, you know, they try to, they should hold in esteem. They usually do hold in esteem. And these professors are telling them that, you know, there's really a, um, you know, a lot of evil out there uh, in the world. All these greedy capitalists, all these economic, you know, free market people, they're horrible. And the really sharing, generous, good, noble people, these socialists, what else are they going to think when they leave college? I mean, seriously, how, how else would they know? So one of our New Year's resolutions as people who love this country is to speak openly, denounce socialism and communism. And yes, I know the difference. Socialism is an economic system in its purest form, meaning the government owns the means of production, such as, for example, in America, the government owning control of the healthcare system. I know Obama tried to say this isn't socialized medicine, it's something. This is a step along the way to socialism, is the mental agreement by people in this country that maybe medicine is better provided by the government, that the healthcare system is better controlled by the government. It's just a step along the way. And if you look at what the left-wingers will always do in this country, as they did when they had control of the grains of power in Washington, we had Dodd-Frank pass, we had taken control of the financial system, they had all sorts of egregious regulations, and we that would have continued. This is another reason, you wonder why Donald Trump won, an outsider, didn't have any experience in the House or Senate, you know, didn't speak in constitutionally uh, derived terms. He spoke in plain English. People know what Obamacare is, especially older Americans who fought in wars against socialism and communism. They know what it is. Okay, so to finish, by the way, so economic, socialism is just a control of the federal, by the federal government, by the reins of, reins of power over the means of production, businesses, industries. All communism is is socialism with no way out. Because there's only one party now, and you cannot get a, someone, a free market person back into power to take the government's power and control away from the people. That's the only difference. It's not, I mean, 
Yes, it's a big difference if you eliminate other parties. But when you look at the goal of the Democrat Party in this country, you look at the goal of their accepting all of the um, uh, DACA, DACA people here and their extended chain migration people and make them citizens, and you look at their efforts to the control of the media, the, the, um, just the, their effort on immigration, on amnesty for everybody, it's not outlawing the free market opposition. It's just trying through the policies they make to outnumber the conservatives, outnumber the Republicans, render them useless, unable to stand up for the free market system in this country. So I can't urge you strong enough on this socialism thing. When we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you, someone wrote about who actually had firsthand knowledge about the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, like the six phases from freedom to communist misery, because she's outlining exactly what you're watching happen in America today. We cannot let this happen to America. So one of our New Year's resolutions is to speak more firmly, boldly, precisely, unequivocally, unapologetically. America rejects socialism. Reinstitute, and we're going to talk about socialism in many other ways, too, when we come back after this break. I'm Debbie George Addis, America Can We Talk. Come right back. Our nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informing the national debate on property rights, energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. 
They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. They're nearly a half million heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. There's a lot of talk today among media, in academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers? It's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. And welcome back. So glad you've tuned in. Debbie Georgiatis, America Can We Talk. We're on New Year's resolutions for patriots and politicians in 2018. I want to continue on this communism one a little longer because it is imperative. It is incumbent on every single conservative, every, everyone who loves the prosperity, the abundance, the opportunity of America to recognize the path that we are following in part led by left-wingers in this country who feed the idea that there is uh, more virtue, more sharing, more kindness, that they are pushing America over the cliff of socialism while they're talking happy talk and sounding like they, they really um, are just trying to help people. There was a woman who wrote about um, the history of the Bolshevik Revolution, which I'm sure you know, in Russia, whoops, in Russia where they had the actual um, you know, ultimate takeover and just misery created by communism. And there are, by the way, all sorts of numbers, I don't have them in front of me, but the, the misery and, and death toll, human suffering, starvation, death toll, flowing from the spread of this evil idea of socialism in the world is in the millions and millions and millions and millions. It is, I mean, the history is staring us in the face, and yet we have young people and college professors who just are so proud to continue supporting it. But in the Bolshevik Revolution... They start with, and she, she runs through the six phases, laying the groundwork, which is undermining the idea of freedom as a bad thing, you know, characterizing people who are successful in business as evil, greedy people, characterizing uh, your country's unfair, the nation's unfair, nobody cares about you, the propaganda, which the left is, I mean, sorry, they're laying the groundwork. Number two is propaganda, where they just, and it's kind of more of the same, but they are just spreading the idea within the American culture that there is just, um, you know, a, a 
fomenting unfairness happening, that the, that the people in our country who are successful and job creators and businesses are really just bad, bad, bad people. Um, agitation. We are in the phase of agitation. You have young people so agitated, they cannot even figure out that free speech is a good idea and that they should let people speak on their campuses. People agitate. I mean, they're out of their minds about Trump. This, you know, Trump derangement syndrome is just out of control. People are agitated and they somehow think they're standing up for virtue by trying to find a way to toss Donald Trump out of office. Um, And then they have number four, state takeover of society's institutions, such as the healthcare industry, the health insurance industry, the banking system. These were those, by the way, were core things that Lenin wrote about when he said, this is how you take over a country. This is how you turn them away from freedom and make them fall into his lap. Uh, And then coercing conformity. We're there in some of the things, coercing conformity. The notion that you can't really speak, you are mocked and maligned and ridiculed. President Trump is mocked for saying we have to have a vetting system that keeps us safe from refugees who mean us harm. And the uh, American left is, is just out of their minds calling them xenophobic, um, intolerant, ethnic cleansing. They actually, that is a term the left is now using. If you support vetting refugees, if you support protecting Americans from people coming here who mean us harm, you're engaged in the expression is actually soft ethnic cleansing. This is what uh, coercing conformity is. You're silenced because you don't want to run afoul of the state. You don't want to be in trouble. You don't want to be mocked. You don't want to be, you know, excluded. Then the last one of final solutions, which is eventually with the Bolshevik Revolution, the Bolshevik Revolution is the takeover of the country. I want to talk about why in America the, the American left has is it gives a pass to all of this that what is happening in this country and I mean what they are creating, but in part it is they they do this because communism and um, socialism are kissing cousins with the Democrat Party. The Democrats are not pushing policies to inspire the free market to grow. They mock it, and that leads me to the tax bill and some of the absurd reactions to the tax bill that passed um, with uh, President Trump um, getting on board and was on board all along with the Republicans in the House and Senate finally getting uh, one, one, the first piece of uh, legislation through the entire uh, first year of President Trump's term. Just to point out, the, the American left, and I didn't print out the exact words, but you know Nancy Pelosi's been out of her mind about this tax bill she can't even think of words dramatic enough. It's Armageddon. It's a destruction. It's against the founders. It's horrible. It's awful. I mean, just hysterical, hysterical denouncing the tax bill. Same with all the other Democrats. Yeah, you know, Schumer, Chuck Schumer, the, the Democrat senator from New York, was saying Republicans will rue the day they pass it. It's awful. It's terrible, blah, blah. Well, let me just tell you about this tax bill. You know, what it does, the tax bill is very tied to the very topic we're talking about tonight about socialism versus freedom. What the tax bill does is put more dollars in the back pockets and the wallets of American individuals and businesses. This is what free markets require. Free individuals, people who have money to spend and want to go spend it. Businesses that have money to grow. That's what freedom is. That's what free markets are. The, de- the left is out of their minds over this because the left-wing goal in America is just like that of the socialists, 
to take the money away from people into their bank accounts, their control, their takeover of more and more industries. I mean, the, the left is hysterical about here is they can't stand freedom. The left cannot stand economic freedom. And because they can't say that, they can't say, hey, wait, this policy isn't nearly socialist enough for us, so we're socialists. They can't say that. So they make up stuff. And, and you know, Nancy Pelosi has been especially hysterical. Let me just tell you some facts about this tax bill. Because, you know, all the usual left-wing lines have happened. But suppose you earned $50,000 a year. $50,000 a year. You're going to save in taxes under this new bill $1,100. Now, you can say $1,100, that's nothing. I'd like $1,100 extra in a year. Might like $100 a month, a little less than $100. I could find a way to spend it. Family could wait, find a way to spend it. You know, take the kids out for pizza one, I mean, once a month or something. I mean, there's the notion that a guy, a person who's currently paying 50000 and then, and, and, excuse me, earning 50000 currently paying 5400 in taxes, and under the new bill, only to pay 4300 this is a big difference to him. Next example, somebody, and this, by the way, is up at AmericanChemistry.org. It's on my website. It comes from Daily Signal, the Heritage Foundation. Another family, $75,000 a year as annual income. $75,000 annual income. They actually go from paying a current bill, tax bill, 1700 to actually getting money back and, and $261. The savings to a family who earns 75000 a year is over $2,000 a year. Again, I'd take two more thousand dollars a year. I could go on and on, but the point is the left has lied about this bill as only tax cuts for the rich, which, by the way, is tax cuts to the people who pay taxes. And it's tax cuts to businesses who create them. And the other thing I want to, in my argument tonight, that the American left is at this point in Washington, not the average nice Democrat next door, not your Aunt Selma who's always voted Democrat. The leaders of the Democrat Party who shape policy in this country are kissing cousins with socialists slash communists. Back in the 1986, when President Reagan passed his tax reform bill, Last time we had a huge tax reform bill, I mean, a big one like this. President Reagan got support from the Democrats. Only three Democrat senators voted against the Republican tax reform plan. Only three Democrat senators voted against it. Only 12 Democrats voted against the final conference report when it passed the Senate. The point is, back then, the Democrats were in the American ball field. They were on the ball field with freedom and free markets. It was just, you know, going back and forth in different amounts. And maybe they were a little bit more, you know, more uh, tax cuts for the lower income. Or they, they were playing on the American ball field. And they, they went along. President Reagan got big tax cuts with Democrat support, along, of course, with Republicans. But today's Democrat Party, not one Democrat voted for this tax cut bill. This tax cut bill that's cut ta- that cuts taxes for middle-income Americans, the ones the Democrats are always saying they care about, they cannot bring themselves to vote for a tax cut bill 
in part just simply because they hate President Trump and they want to do anything they can to destroy him. They don't want him to have a legislative success. But the deeper, more profound and sinister reality is the Democrats cannot vote for a tax cut bill because they're too close to the socialist concept that the purpose of government is to take as much money away as they can from hardworking individual citizens and businesses, take it to the government, keep it in the government's back pocket, and take control of more of the economy, more of the American freedom taken away from the people and put in the hands of the government. That's what the Democrat Party in Washington lives for today. And this is why they cannot support the tax bill. So resolution number, no, whatever we're on, seven is speak up against socialism. One more point about socialism when we come back. I'm Debbie George-Jazz. Talk to you after the break. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom, 
and a free listing of your rights. Go to firstliberty.org now. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. And welcome back. I'm Debbie George Addis. I'm so happy you tuned in to America Can We Talk. Tonight we are running through the New Year's resolutions for 2018 for American patriots and politicians. And I want to finish on this one about socialism because it's so important. It is an, it is an ugly, sinister poison weeding its way into the American mindset. Bernie Sanders running for president legitimized the idea of socialism really on a new level on the American political stage. But it's important to understand the concepts of socialism are embedded in the Democrat Party platform, embedded in the idea of what it means to be a Democrat. As a Democrat, your job is to take away money from people who work to earn it, take away money from corporations, and you in the government, you serve as the master redistributor, redistributor of wealth. That is textbook socialism. That is today's Democrat Party. And on, the, on top of that, on, on the, this notion of socialism, it's not just government control of the means of production, which the Democrats have accomplished. They own the health care system, the health insurance system. They are, um, they are in control of the um, – the, the, they openly talk about the tax system as a purpose to redistribute wealth versus the taxes are really supposed to be only there to collect money as needed from the, by the federal government – to do the things the government must do, which is basically national defense. But on top of that, the other aspect of socialism that has wormed its way into the American mentality and needs to be, needs to be revealed, needs to be talked about, needs to be rejected and rooted out, is the notion that individuals, and this is especially true in the government assistance programs, which have gone wild for 50 years now, is the notion that individuals no longer should even be thinking about the concept of self-reliance, of the notion of, you know, I make my way in life. I find a career I can do, and I work hard, and I take care of my family, and I save money, and I, and I teach my children well. The, 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 what the Democrats thrive on, and they, they attempt to place into the mindset of America, is that if you just sit back as citizens— and let the government do everything for you, we'll take care of you. Right now, the average American citizen thinks, I expect, not average, some American citizens expect government takes care, government will feed me, the massive increase in food stamps and other handout programs, feed me, clothe me, house me, 
educate me, medicate me, take care of me in old age. The whole notion of a mass, our country is a, filled with wonderful people who should be inspired with the spirit of self-reliance, which is what built America, that can-do American self-reliant. We're going to figure this out. We'll solve this problem. That spirit is being eviscerated by the growing power of the federal government, the expansion of programs that just to attempt to inculcate into the mindset of individual Americans that you really don't have any job, anything like, you know, taking care of your family, finding a job, being self-reliant. I mean, that notion of just sit back and the government will take care of you. And again, this is one of the reasons that Donald Trump won that election last year over Hillary Clinton, because actually that spirit of America is still there. America did not like the Democrat Party answer, which was, okay, jobs are leaving, can't do a thing about it, don't worry, we'll find another welfare program for you, we'll expand welfare, we'll find something else to give you, don't worry, it's all going to be taken care of, just send us your money, surrender your control over your health care system, your very health, surrender control of your life to the government, and we'll take care of you. This is the message that Americans have heard from Hillary Clinton and the Democrats, and they said no. They actually wanted the idea of freedom restored in America. They love what Donald Trump was talking about in terms of freedom of the American people and, and people wanting to be self-reliant and wanting businesses to come back and wanting to have the government out of your life. This was a, you know, Donald Trump didn't articulate it in the way that maybe other politicians would have, but the people heard, hey, this guy wants the idea of America back. He wants the individual, can-do, self-reliant, upbeat American spirit returned, not the drudging, helpless, surrendering, just, you know, please make sure the government feed me again today attitude that the Democrats have implanted, especially in low-income America over the last 50 years. This was a, so this concept of socialism that I'm talking about that we must reject in this country is, is a lot bigger than just getting the government out of the health care system. It is the idea of just reinstilling that spirit of America, that self-reliant, I can take care of myself. I, I, I will look after my family. I will teach my children to be self-reliant. I will inspire them to stay in school. I will inspire them to be good, noble, contributing system to the people, to the American system, the American dream, the American economic dream. So on socialism, huge job. Last um, of the, and I had many more, but I'm running out of time. The last New Year's resolution I want to mention, I think, is just huge. I will go over them before the end. But my last one is the notion of we must recommit our New Year's resolution to be to root out the rot of the deep state. And I know a lot of conservatives say, oh, don't say deep state. That sounds all conspiracy theory. Fine. Pick a different name. I don't really care what you call it. But here are a few examples. In the Justice Department, the so-called Justice Department, and the FBI is under is part of the Justice Department, we are seeing rot to the core with the efforts of people involved in first investigation of Hillary Clinton and the email scandal and the notion, again, if, uh, if you don't have it clear in the Hillary Clinton email scandal, it's not that she pushed a wrong button on her keyboard and managed to use a wrong email system. It was an intentional 
creation, when she became Secretary of State, of a server outside the grasp, outside the reach, outside of the ability of the federal government to, to get into, she created her own server and then accepted confidential, top secret, every level of classification of it, known to the known to the Secretary of State, known to the State Department, known to the federal government, accepted communications on an unprotected server to her home that contained national security secrets, and she did it the whole time she was Secretary of State. The whole time. And that investigation was, you know, among the people leading it was this guy named Peter Strzok, who is now, because of his text messages, we now know, was deeply involved in trying to preserve Hillary Clinton, wanted her to be president, didn't like Donald Trump, was functioning as a, in his job at the FBI, functioning in his job where you can tell from his text, his view of his job was protect Hillary Clinton, get Donald Trump. The Strzok guy is letting people on the Hillary Clinton email investigation, you know, anyone can be present. No one has to has to um, you know, say anything under oath. Hillary doesn't have to speak under oath. She can just talk. She can just give answers. Reworded the characterization of her misbehavior, her wrongdoing. He did all of that. He gave people immunity. He and others in the, in the FBI gave her people immunity when usually to get immunity, you have to give something, say, you get immunity if you tell me X, Y, Z. But nothing was told to them. They just got immunity. It's like saying, don't worry, we're not really investigating. We're just pretending to investigate you so it looks good in the papers, but we're not doing a dang thing. We're going to let you do whatever you want. Gave immunity for nothing. And then he's over on the Trump investigation. He's in the middle of this Trump-Russia investigation, which by itself is an enormous miscarriage of justice that's even still occurring. This is what I mean about the deep state. He's just one example. Most of the people, Comey is part of it. Most of the people heading up the FBI are part of the deep state. And by that term, I mean people in positions of power in the federal bureaucracy who are more committed to their agenda, more committed to the left-wing Democrat big government control of society agenda, and absolutely unwilling to yield their authority, yield their power to the reality that Hillary lost, Trump won, and there's a new president in town. The new president can name heads of agencies, but he cannot clean out that layer beneath the heads of agencies, that layer of upper-level bureaucrats who just simply are there to buy their time, wait till Trump's out of there one way or the other, and they're going to continue doing exactly the agenda they want to do. They are ignoring the president. What that really means is, ladies and gentlemen, they're ignoring you. They're saying it didn't matter who the voters chose. It doesn't matter what the voters wanted. We, the deep state, the FBI, the um, Department of Justice, the State Department, the Department of Labor, frankly, the White House, levels in the military, the Defense Department, these people are saying we are committed to our values and we think they're better than what Donald Trump wants and we're not going to cooperate that is to undermine the presidency. As an example, one little tiny example of the State Department is the ongoing resistance of President Trump's decision that we are going to recognize Jerusalem as the, as the capital of Israel, as the Israelis have chosen to designate. 
Department of Justice, I mean, excuse me, Department of State, numerous people at the Department of State just simply saying, oh, well, it's going to take a while. We can't really do that. I'm not going to go through all the comments now, but it's, it's not as much the comments as the attitude of we don't really care who the voters chose and we don't really care who is president. We decide what it is in America that we are going to do um, and, and because we know better and we hang on to what we wanted all along. So you have that, um, and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, just as another example, of, I don't even know if you call it deep state or just the utter ignoring of the American people by an agency of the federal government, but they followed the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Simply astonishing that that organization existed almost entirely outside the purview of the elected Congress of the American people. It just functioned as a deep state, big control um, entity, unaccountable to anyone, naturally created by a socialist, Senator Warren from Massachusetts. So in summary tonight on our discussion about the um, whole uh, New Year's resolutions for people who uh, for patriots and politicians, we need to absolutely uh, get committed in the new year. We are standing up for the right idea of patriotism. We're going to insist on the right idea of immigration. We're going to take a firm stand about Islamic uh, aggression in America, not permit it. We are not going to, we're going to take stand for our sovereignty. We're going to fight the deep state. We're going to fight socialism tooth and nail in America. And we'll have a better country if we do it. Come back every Sunday at 6 p.m. Great talking with you and Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to americacanwetalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America. America.